Welcome to Lydia House. We are glad you are here this morning. We talked to some people by Zoom that are other places at cabins enjoying a warm weekend. You went to a cabin before. You did? You went to a cabin? Cabins are nice. Cabins are wonderful. A really big one. Well, yes, there are all kinds of cabins. Okay, I'll tell you what. I like it when you speak, and I want you next time when you speak to speak right into this thing. Because then everybody, we want everybody to hear Gideon. And so now we're going to do some singing together and uh, happy Independence Day independent from and independent for. It was about uh, getting taxed when we didn't think we should be taxed. And so we're going to sing about our country. First one is God bless our native land. You know the, you'll know the, uh, the tune. And then we'll give you the words. Okay. I, I need some volume here. Uh, sorry. Ah, there we go. Hey, let's stand. God bless our native land. Let's sing it. God bless our native land. Firm may she ever stand through storm and night. When the wild tempest rave, ruler of wind and wave, do thou our country save. together as a nation. He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted. And I will praise His name. Heaven and earth. 
rejoice in his holy name. He is exalted, the king is exalted on high. Now play it personally. You are exalted, my king is exalted on high. And I will praise you. You are exalted forever, exalted, and I will praise your name. You are the Lord, forever your truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in your praise to you, O Lord. We lift up our hearts and give praise to you. We honor you as king, as the Lord over all the earth. You are king. You are God. So we want to lift up words of thanks and prayer request regarding our nation. Let's give prayer and praise. As you do, could you grab a mic so that we can all hear it? Mic's right in the front. Ask us, Lord, to pray for our leaders, and so we do that, Father. We bring before you our leaders that you would guide them. Yes. That they would have your yes. wisdom. Protect them, Father. We want you to protect our nation and lead and guide leaders, Father, because we know uh, the rest of the world looks on, Father. Our eyes are focused on you because when we look at what's around us, our hearts can be fearful, but we are trusting you in you today, Father. Father, we've never seen what we're seeing these days. We see chaos, we see turbulence, God. And you tell us to pray that we will live godly and quiet lives. And so we cry out to you the king over all kings, the Lord over all yes, lords. Yes. We pray that you would grant peace yes. in our homes, on our streets, in our churches, in government, oh God. sing the song revive us again 
We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for Thy Spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain who hath borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the God of all grace who has brought You've done it down through the years. You've done it in powerful ways. Moving through the blowing of the Holy Spirit across our land. And you've brought mighty revivals. We pray that you would do it again. Do it again in this season. We need it desperately, oh God. Come and blow. Come and blow, mighty winds. The wind of the Spirit. We pray that you'd bring repentance and fresh faith. Bring people out of darkness into your light. Cause people to come under your authority. Oh God, revive us again. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. else pray pray for our nation call out to God
2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Father, you give life. We need mm. your life in this country. Mm. We need your life in this church. Yes, yes, yes. We want you to show us the beauty of your life yes. and the life of Christ. Yeah. It goes on to say, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this gift of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Thank you for reconciling us, God. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I just declare that is a powerful, powerful statement. That's what it's all about, God. I ask that you would open up people's hearts. You're the only one that can change hearts, God. Mm. You've changed my heart. Mm. I love you for that. Mm. I'm a blessed man. And if you can bring me back to life, God, you can bring back other people to life. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. December of 2014. I was deeply stirred. I hadn't prayed for revival before then, but I began to pray for revival then, and I haven't quit. And I believe it's imminent. I've felt since then it's imminent. And I believe it's imminent now more than ever. We're on the threshold, and I call out to you, God, pour out your spirit on our land and bring a mighty yes, revival. Sir. Yes, sir. Greet those around you and those who have uh, come in. We invite you to find a place and uh, move move toward the front because we we love having uh, at least some of you up this way. Good morning, Andrew. Yeah, we got a little bit of a little bit 
I just can't do it. Are you guys going to sit? You can stand if you want, if you like standing. But uh, we got places up here if you, if you want to be close to a mic. Okay. Where are you guys sitting? Wherever. Well, I want to say something to the kids. What are we celebrating this weekend? What do we call it? Fourth of July, right? Oh, some big ones. We had some boxes. Okay. Fireworks? Yeah. Some fireworks. Okay. Yes. Well, we won't put that on the, uh, the tape, but otherwise, yes. So we're, we call it Independence Day. We're celebrating our independence. But you know what we really need? What does independence mean? That's a big, long word. Independence. Which means we're free. It meant then that we are free from whom? Another country. We came from that country, and we came and came to our own, what became our own country, and now we're free from them, and we don't have to pay money to them. They wanted us to pay them money even though we were here in our country. So we're free. But we also want to realize that we're not, we're, we belong to God and we're not free from him. We love being connected to God. So we should also have Dependence Day where we're dependent. <laughs> Did you, you, you look, okay. She's coming after me. And to add on to that, I love that, don't you? To, to say in, I'm going to say in dependence. We are dependent on, on the Lord, yep. right? Very good. And because otherwise we can become a little bit, you know, all of us, not only kids, we're, we're supposed to be like God tells us childlike and trusting the Lord, but sometimes our thinking gets in the way. Right, Gideon? We want to be, like we, our ideas, we just think our ideas are best. And, and then we don't want to maybe listen to mom and dad, but we know we should. Whoa, like, that we, would be dangerous. When we're growing up, we have to listen to God. That's what we need to do. And so that we're dependent on him, right? Yes, and, and I don't have a puppet with me, except my fingers. And we can go up either in the back or upstairs a little later. I mean, if, you know. If it's your call, honey. If, you want, if they want to go, or something like that. Karen will take them if you want them to go. <laughs> I guess that's up to the parents, huh? Yes. They. So I love words. I studied languages because I like words. I like how they come together.
And we are people who believe in theocracy. So you got Theo. What is Theo? God. God. Krasi. Kratos in Greek means power. What is that? Does it mean that in? It's the modern word for the government. Government. Okay. Kratos. It, uh, it literally, uh, Koine Greek, it's, it means power, uh, but it's a place of power. And so we believe in the power of God, in the government, the rule of God. Then what about democracy? What is that? Democracy. Demos, people. The rule of the people. Does that work? To have the people rule? It can. It's not necessarily Christian, but we, we, we have a, a sort of a democracy here in our country where the people have a rule. In an oligarchy or a mon, mono means one, archy, one ruler, we don't have our country is not a monarchy, it's not an oligarchy, it's a democracy where we have a voice, where we speak. And so there's, there are levels of responsibility and authority in our life together and in our life in God. So Paul and Peter both after they've given their introductory words and their strong statements, then they usually get to say, now, servants, obey your masters. We'd say employees, obey your employers. Citizens, obey, be subject to, is the word, be under the authority of, be submissive to your government. Children to parents. So, so we're ordering called a hierarchy. Archy is archos, rule. Uh, so children under. And also says wives to husbands. So does that mean I rule over Karen? It means that I have a responsibility for her that she doesn't have for me. And I, I lead by serving her. If there's a place of disagreement, do I say, hey, I get to make up my mind because I'm in charge? I've never said that. I have said, okay, we're in disagreement, so how are we going to work this out? So we talk it over together. I speak the final word, but I don't have the final word because I believe ultimately in a theocracy. God's got the final word in any situation. And so I want to hear what he has to say about whatever situation we're involved in. And we've had a few disagreements. Not just a few. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we work it out in that form of government. Children need parents. And so Paul and Peter both, they tell us something about our relationship to 
government and how we connect as Christians to government. Is government a Christian organization? No. No. It's a human administration. And it must have surprised Peter and Simon the Zealot when Jesus said what he said. I'm going to share some scriptures with you, and I want you to look with me on what is our responsibility toward government. That's what we're talking about this morning. How do we relate to government, and what are we called to do as citizens in a free country? Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. You don't have a Bible? We'll, we'll get a Bible. Their Bible is right here. I want everybody to have one so you can see. Their Bible is right there. So what are we called to do as citizens? First thing, I'm going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Listen to how he begins. He says, first of all, and when I read this, I'm convicted. Because when, when does it say we're supposed to do that? When you come together, when you come together, the people of God come together, we're to pray for our leaders, and we haven't always done that. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that. We need to pray, especially these days, for our country and for our government and for our leaders. If we've ever been under attack, we're under attack now. And Paul says, if the people of God pray to the leader over all leaders, then we will live a quiet and peaceable life. So we need to be doing that, and by God's grace, I'm going to remember, and we're going to do that more in our time here. Paul was very thankful for the Pax Romana, for the peace of Rome, by a godless dictator named Caesar. There was peace which allowed him to travel from country to country, and because he was a Roman citizen, he laid claim to that when there were several times when they would have beaten him. They, sometimes they mistreated him anyway, but that, that he was uh, under authority of Rome, and he used that to his advantage. He wouldn't have said that when he was Saul. They hated Rome. They hated godless Caesar. Simon the Zealot, who was picked as a disciple of Jesus, they were out to kill. But not Jesus. So we pray for our government. It's at the top of the list on how we're to connect with civil authorities. So if we feel that voting is important, which isn't, 
we're not told in the Bible to vote, but most of us, I think probably all of you, feel it's important to vote. It's more important to pray. More important to come before God as a leader over all leaders and ask him to bless our land. So before Paul instructs them, you read 1 Timothy, he instructs the overseers on how to give oversight. He instructs them on how to deal with the widows and all kinds of instructions for the church, how to deal with finances. Before he does any of that, he says, first of all, pray. So I'm going to stop right now again. I'm going to pray. And as I do that, I'm going to pray that this becomes more of a standard procedure here at Lydia House for all of us that will pray in our homes and will pray when we come here together for good government. When there's good government, we lead quiet and peaceful lives and the gospel goes forth. So Father, we are sorry that we have not prayed enough for our country, enough for our leaders. I'm sorry that as a leader here at Lydia House, I haven't instructed us to pray when we come together and so we pray that, uh, that this repentance may issue forth in a new strength that we find as we connect through prayer with our leaders. We thank you for the Apostle Paul who hated Rome, but then came to appreciate what they were doing as pagans, but appreciated them for bringing the peace that allowed him to travel. So we thank you and we we, we say we're going to pray for our government in a new way. Second, we support our government with taxes. We do not have our own army. We have a government that has an army. And why do we have an army? Is that they're called to protect, they're called to punish those who do wrong and praise those who do right. And so we pay taxes. It was a shock when the Pharisees asked, so, should we give money to Caesar? They felt they had him trapped. And so what did he do? He looked at the coin. Whose picture is on the coin? Looks like Caesar's to me. What did he say? Tell me what he said. What did Jesus say? Yes. So government has a place from us. We're to contribute to government. We're to give to government. I know some children of a pastor friend who are evading the government, who are refusing to pay taxes, who are in hiding because they don't believe it's right. Well, Simon the Zealot thought that until he became a disciple of Jesus, and then Jesus told him, another way. So we support the government in the things that it has to do. We pay government so it can government. I hope that becomes a part of your regular prayers, that you pray for government. I hope it becomes more a part of our regular prayers here at Lydia House. Second, we support government. We joyfully, let's try that, joyfully give our taxes to government. Third, we submit. The word submit, it means to put yourself under. Hupotasso. Do you have that in modern Greek? Hup to submit, to put yourself under. Hupotasso. 
It would be a negative word. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so it is, in Scripture, it's a positive word. Paul uses, and Peter, quite often. It means to station yourself under. So we submit, let every, every person submit himself to the governing authorities. Paul says in Romans 13. Turn to Romans 13. Submit or be subject to, it's translated different ways. For there is no authority except from God. Now, you know the authorities that he was writing about when he was saying this. They, they were not godly. Nero was not a godly Caesar. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur Judgment For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's, what does it say? Servant. He calls the government leaders servants of God for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. This is important. For he does not bear the sword in vain. We're not to bear the sword. With regard to our enemies, what are we to do? As Christians, we love them. We love them. When the missionaries went to, was it Bolivia? They had guns. But when they were attacked by the natives who were going to kill them, they decided not to use their gun because they said, we know where we're going. They don't. Mm. And they, they chose to die rather than to use their guns. Government works under the law, not under the gospel. They don't, they don't, they don't bring the gospel to say, okay, we love our enemies. We do good to our enemies. We do as Christians, but government is supposed to put fear. So here's the difficulty. I remember well when I was watching the, the, uh, the riots in Watts and seeing the terror, and uh, government wasn't stepping in. I was wondering, where, where are the Marines? Where? And now when, we, when we're seeing the fighting and the fires and the, the destruction, that's, that's where government needs to step in and do what it can do. But it's very difficult in our country now. It's, it's, uh, it's a, a difficult thing to, to come together. Submission allows government to do what government is called to do. Now, is that across the board? We submit regardless? No. So was Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrong when he did not submit to the Nazi government? No. no. Because they were not servants of God. The, the ruler of North Korea, he serves one person himself. And so when he says you, you cannot worship, what do you do? What did Daniel do when Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, no, it was Darius. He was tricked to order 
to, uh, to have a uh, edict that you only prayed to him for 30 days. So what did Daniel do? He went home and prayed. Why? Because we must disobey a government that's only serving its own ends. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer was right when hundreds of thousands of Lutherans and Catholics had their eyes closed to what Nazi Germany was doing. And uh, sadly, few were seeing it, and they were submitting to a government when they shouldn't have been submitting to that government. Three, three men who were told to bow down to the king, and they said, we're not going to bow down. There are times when we must disobey, and they chose to disobey, and God showed up in the furnace with them and kept them safe. So, first of all, we pray for government. Second, we support government. Third, we submit to government. But ultimately, we make the government of God our highest priority. Peter calls us sojourners and exiles. And Paul tells us that our citizenship is in heaven. So ultimately, we're not Democrats or Republicans. Ultimately, we're citizens of heaven. And that's, that's the passport that really counts. That'll take us from here to eternity. And so the government of God is what we're going after. So Jesus, when he came on earth, he didn't go against the Roman government. He was going against the devil. That was a far higher priority than going against the government of Rome, and he pulled his men in who were going after Rome and said, no, you've got a bigger, far greater assignment than that. We're going after the kingdom of darkness. So ultimately then, our, our response to human government is conditional. It's based on their responsibility with regard to God. So I'm going to ask some questions and answer them, or you can answer them with me if you want to. So are, are all government servants of God? Paul says in Romans 13, for government is a servant of God. Are all governments servants of God? No. Sovereignly, they're tools. Tools, yes. The government of North Korea is not a servant of God. The government of Nazi Germany was not a servant of God. And he's also serving Satan in a way because it goes back to the Illuminati and the powers that be that. Um, yeah. Well, well, it's just it's just my personal opinion, but I don't think that um, uh, he's not just serving himself. There's a lot. There's a bigger hand behind him. Oh, sure, Demo demonic. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely and, demonic. And on Earth, I mean, there's through demonic, right? But. Uh, there's powers that run this whole world for Satan, and um, he's a tool. Sure. And I also believe there's positive news. I think that uh, President um, Donald Trump is working with him and assuring him that if he bucks that power, he's going to back him. And uh, I think we're going to see giant changes out of North Korea. And all over, the, there's a great awakening. When you talk about the... Um, uh, revival, it's going to come in conjunction with the Great Awakening in this whole world, 
and yeah. it's already happening all over. We're the slowest to get it in the okay. United States, in my opinion. Okay. So how do we know when we cannot obey a human government? You've got China, you've got India, you've got Iran, and they're saying you cannot worship, and so there are people who are gathering in their homes, gathering out in fields secretly, two or three at a time. They're saying we cannot support that, so we must, what did the disciples say when they stood before the leaders? We must Obey God. God. Rather than man. Rather than man. There comes a time. But we can serve pagan leaders. We can rightfully serve pagan leaders. Daniel, he interpreted dreams for uh, a Gentile king. And then he told him. He said, you need to get your life together. So he was bold, but he served him as well. So we can serve people regardless we can serve our uh, government. That It doesn't have to be a Christian government for us to serve it. Is honor due to anyone who is leading a country? I've already answered that. The answer is no. We pay honor to whom honor is due. So are there thoughts or, or questions or concerns that you have in what we're talking about here? you got a mic here. You're saying yeah, and then maybe you could follow up because... Um, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, I was in Greece, and we would do evangelism out in the city, uh, primarily to Muslims. We'd make food, and we would sing, and we, and I was a contractor for the U.S. Navy, you know, just a civilian guy, and uh, this was a different climate in Washington at that time, uh, not, and not 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 2009, 2010, but. Regardless, uh, the you, you know through politics, through issues, through personal attack, uh, the U.S. Navy came against me, and and gave me a cease and desist letter, saying that I could not evangelize uh, Muslims. And I just simply said, what I do in Greece is not under the U.S. authority, and they were saying I was part of their their team. We had a Greek lawyer, we had American lawyers. It, were, it was a violation of not only the First Amendment, but that didn't really apply, but it violated Greek law and European law, which uh, spells out freedom of religion even more and, and differentiates between evangelism and proselytism, which is illegal under Greek law, to trying to change. But what we were evangelizing people to Christ, not trying to change their, their uh, belief from Orthodox. So I wrote a letter for prayer, and I just found this, I, I, I'm pretty disorganized at home with paperwork, but this letter, just two weeks ago, I found it, a letter from Paul. And he said, in the kingdom of God, there's a time to lay down like a lamb, and there's a time to, to roar like a lion, and I feel, in this case, you need to the, the latter is the case. Well, I'm and glad I, that, I said that. I'm glad I told you not that, to That was a confirmation, and so I, I went. And so, yeah, we ended up losing, uh, you know, we ended up losing several battles in court. Uh, I, I, but I never left my job. They were trying to, they told me I would be fired and prosecuted under U.S. law. And I never left the job, and we never stopped the ministry. Because people knew what the truth was mm. when, you know, when, when the discovery was done. But they couldn't. You know, they, they couldn't uh, just lay it down. 
So it kept going forward, but I never left. So, you know, there's a time when in with unjust laws, illegal laws, theologians have talked about them. Augustine did, Martin Luther King did when he was in jail in Birmingham, talked about illegal laws. And in these difficult times now, I would, to really break our hearts, we should go back and watch some of the civil rights movies, the movies that I was watching one last night. It will break your heart what people went through, blacks and whites in the South. And, and now we, we need, today when we were meeting with the men, we were praying, I asked for prayer about here at Lydia House, the leadership about when we should, what we should do, because we could have an on, uh, you know, onslaught of more cases, rebound, about churches, the church meeting. In the beginning, almost all, if you look on the internet in March, everybody kind of agreed, most theologians, pastors were agreeing to stop church for a while. But that changed in May, and we really need to hear God on what we're to do. So please pray for Paul and Karen. Pray for the leadership. Uh, we need to know when to to lay down like a lamb. But and we're called to be great citizens and to pray. But we're also called to, uh, you know, sometimes stand up and with uh, respect and courage stand up and and for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad that in Nazi Germany there were people who stood up, and we know the names of some of them, Corey Ten Boom, and uh, those who cared for the Jews and uh, spared them. Sadly, six million weren't spared. Incredible that that could happen in a modern day, and that the world can, could, could have seen that. And Yes. The the government's wrong. And it needs to know that it's wrong. And we need to speak out and say you are wrong. On abortion, yes. Actually, more black lives are taken by abortion than are born. And more in one day than the KKK took in its whole reign. Every day, more black babies are killed than black men were. Every day, more black babies are killed by abortion. Every day, you're so right, than all of the KKK killed. I mean, they get all this... Fame, you know, it's notorious, it's horrible. But it's the silent death of abortion that's taken the black lives. You're 100% right. So you're saying all black lives matter. <laughs> Absolutely. Even, no, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all on the same, same page. Yeah. 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 Oh, she has something to say. Yeah. So I have heard about um, basically abortion clinics. Yeah abounding in black areas and it, when you go back in history you hear about Margaret Sanger oh, yeah. and her agenda to kill black babies so I think there's an agenda to lower the population I'm sorry to say that and as Christians whether we are black or white or whatever color we should be rising against that why do you have these clinics in this low you know, where people supposedly because you think they can't afford to have babies, and 
those babies don't have a right to live, when those babies' destinies could change the country, those could be doctors, could be people who would really make a difference, but they're not even given a chance to live. So, yeah, that's really hurtful to me. Yeah. Turn it into a prayer, would you, Audrey? Sure. Please, please. <laughs> okay. please. So, dear Heavenly Father, we know that you are a life-giving God, and we just yeah. pray, Lord, not just in the black community, but if, even in other communities, there are babies being aborted every single day who would, who, for whom you have a destiny, for whom there are families out there who are crying to have children, but maybe they can't physically, and they, they would be more than happy to take care of those babies. But because of unjust laws that stem from racism or classism or anything else, those babies are not given a chance to live. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, we pray yeah. and we rebuke the spirit of death because yeah. that's really what it is. Yeah. We rebuke the spirit of death. We rebuke the spirit of division. And we pray, Lord, that this country will go back to its foundation, will go back to Christian ideals, will think that every life matters, whether it's black, white, Asian, anything else it matters natives lord we pray that you will increase their numbers this is a nation that they were here and now a lot of them has have been decimated and we just pray that they will flourish again lord just like you reflourish israel we pray that you will flourish your people they will get to know you lord and that this nation will rise as a beacon of hope that will not be known for all these ills we've seen recently, Lord. People calling you from all over the world and telling you, oh, we can't believe this is happening in America. So we just pray, Lord, that you will bring revival, you will bring hope, you will bring love, and you will unite the people again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think it's important that we don't... Um, it's easy to vilify Planned Parenthood, and I think they're horrible. And I, but I think they're misled and misguided. And um, but they aren't kidnapping people, bringing them at gunpoint. These women are walking in there. The thing is, it's the fatherless. Like Paul is the king of the understanding the father wound. And if you look at the website of Black Lives Matter, they state exactly what their goal is, and they want to eliminate what they call the patriarchal society. They want to get rid of the um, nuclear family. In other words, they want to come even further destroy the foundation, and that's why these poor women are walking in there. They're lied to, they're misled, there's no real man standing up saying, nope, I'll marry you, we're gonna raise this baby. They're letting them kill the baby. And it's, it's a bigger cultural thing than it is Plant, Planned Parenthood is just a wolf. Those kids are like orphans wandering in the woods to get gobbled up. I mean, but Planned Parenthood would disappear if we got these people saved and brought in and loved them. And you have a great message like that there are families that will take every one of those babies, even the disabled. There's a list of people that will take them. Can we pray, it's a call to pray every day for the scourge and genocide of abortion, to pray for the black community, black leaders, black families, 
that, that uh, the inner city, the people would step up, pray for Democrats uh, and, and Republicans, but some people who have wrong views for their eyes to be open in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. all of these, we, we need to pray more. Seven, this time calls for seven times more prayer, yes, like a theologian indeed. said. Yes, indeed. We had a wonderful prayer meeting here on Friday morning where we had a couple, a, uh, 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 I can't remember, her name was Lindsay. He's from Kenya, and the two of them now are meeting down right where George died, and they are having revival meetings. And they said that there were many who were coming to faith out of the rubble, out of the, uh, the terror. And so uh, we prayed for them. Josh Lindquist joined them, and we prayed for the three of them and the work they're doing right on the spot. So may God bring mighty revival. Do you want to share something? Yeah, uh, we, we um, have nine children and my children are in this very difficult generation i'm sure you have experienced that too paul with your kids you know entering into this very difficult time they're cynical they you look at the movies in the you know 90s and 80s and they're full of hope for the future and and you know good things now almost every movie and novel you in the 20s in 2020 are about, you know, they're de just very depressing, cynical, no hope. No, novels are written very, I don't know the word, terrible cynicism. So my own children are experiencing that, mm. this hopelessness for the future. Mm. So uh, if we could also keep praying for this generation coming in. Yes, indeed. Let's pray. Children. Let's pray. And, and the, the uh, students are going to college now, university. They're, you know, our Christian kids that are going to university, they're highly influenced. You know, and so I have kids in university, so if we could pray for that. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the young people in our land, in our churches, those that have had good, strong backgrounds who find themselves now hit with this cynicism the doubt is over against hope, that they are losing their hope, losing their hold. We pray that you would move in on them, that you would bring them hope for their future. We pray that you would cause them to turn and look toward you, away from a cynical world, and look to you and to find courage, to take courage in who they are, that they have an identity in you and they're called to a rich future in Christ. So we pray that you would grant that. Grant that to all of us now and to our, to our city and to our nation. I'm going to pray the benediction over you, but I'm also going to pray it over our city as well and over our nation. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.